Okay, so I'm here with a special guest. And what's your name, special guest? Uh, my name is Al Cortez. That's right. It's my dad. He's back. <laughs> Again. We want to talk about two films that we just saw. That The first thing would be we saw Napoleon. What mm-hmm. was that, like right around Thanksgiving? Uh, yeah, I think uh, right after Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after that, or right after Christmas or New Year's, I guess we saw Ferrari, right? Yes. And for me, like going to Napoleon, like the interest was pretty much only because of Ridley Scott. I mean, I like a lot of movies that he's done over the years. And I didn't really have a, a deep understanding of like Napoleon, like the 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 man the historical figure only by what you learn in school right correct so what was it for you like well to an extent uh like you stated ripley scott has done movies that pretty much everybody has either seen and have admired yeah uh the fact of napoleon is something i guess this is maybe more of a generational thing uh maybe in sort of a history buff was interesting. Mm-hmm. So from two different, you know, two different points of view. Yeah. Uh, as far as Ferrari, I, I'm not really a car person, but as long as it runs. Uh-huh. But yet the name Ferrari stands for something. Yeah. But I didn't know anything other than just the name. Uh, so I didn't even connect this really until after we saw Ferrari. And... You know, I wanted to see this movie, uh, Napoleon. I wanted to see it, and you want to see it, so we went to go check it out. Ferrari, I knew I, I've been wanting to see this for a long time. And, you know, you joined me with it. So, you know, we, I think we, we came away with different things. But afterwards, it occurred to me, it's like, wait, these are both movies about men, historical figures. The movies are named their name. Right, like All right. that's it. I mean, Ferrari. It's also a brand, but it is right. the man's name, his last name. And so it occurred to me as like, wait, I think these films have more in common than I originally expected. From that point of view, yes. I mean, to me, Napoleon is a pretty thick book or a big story to right. translate into a movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much about. Napoleon in general, mm-hmm. I don't think three hours or even a week worth of movies, you could get it all in there. Yeah. Uh, where the opposite was Ferrari, they hit a specific time, uh, a shorter time period versus Napoleon trying to cover from the age of 24 to his exile and demise. Yeah, that was a pretty pretty lengthy like time they tried to cover. And I I mean, I think we talked about it after we saw the film. Um, we're recording this, what, like um, um, over a month later. But, you know, the thing that I think struck us both was like Joaquin Phoenix, if he's a great actor or if he's an okay actor or whatever, he was trying to play a lot in that movie. Like young Napoleon, the, the rise, and then, you know, later in life. It didn't translate. I, <laughs> the The subject matter, I I was all for it. Yeah. Uh, Napoleon. Yeah. It, it would be the same thing with Caesar, mm-hmm. uh, for, just for the sake of that. 
but it was too much. And he 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 had too many roles to play, too many different roles to play a young one. He's when he looked his age, fifty six. That's the thing that it 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 distracted me. Right. Like I felt like it it took me out because like I know because for me personally, like Joaquin Phoenix is we're almost the same age. Just I've watched him in movies being almost the same age I was and up to today. So I'm like, I know he's in his what mid to late forties or whatever, but still though, it's like, but he's playing someone who is in his twenties or I think late twenties, right? 24 at the beginning of the film. And so right away, I, I just, it takes me back of like, I don't like this don't add up, you know? And once you get later into his life and and some of the campaigns and all that, I think it it gets a little closer. It feels more like appropriate, age appropriate. But the other thing was, and we both I think caught on is like, where's the French accent? Yeah, accent or even the manner. Yeah, exactly. Like it it, it really took me back, and you know, and I've talked to some people recently about it. And when I've mentioned like the, yeah, but the accent thing, right. And some people don't even notice it or don't, it doesn't bother them. But to me, it was one of those of like, wait, every character in this film, well, most characters are French. And I think almost none of them had a French accent. I I don't recall one. If like, it was, it was missed. Like even the other people in the, like the, the French government and, and the other characters, like they had English accents. Right. And Joaquin Phoenix just rolled in with an American accent. (laughs) And it's one of those where, like, it reminded me of, and I I think I told you before, the Robin Hood movie with Kevin Costner, where. There you go. Yeah. You know, okay, it's Kevin Costner. You need a name to get the movie made or to get people to go see it. All right. But give it a little more. I would agree with that. That that was that was pretty obvious from the beginning, for me. That and just Joaquin Phoenix. Obviously, uh, some of the movies he's done, I think that he's done very well. But in this one, he, he was just out of place for me. It felt strange. Yeah, and yeah. and the thing that occurred like to me he was working too hard. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's like he was working too hard in some of the scenes where he wants to show his Napoleon might have been a little eccentric. Mm -hmm. Uh, It seemed like he was working too hard. Um, I mean, the the movie itself, I mean, it's fine. You you expect some discrepancies. mm -hmm. I mean, is it going to be historically correct? I don't think one ever is historically correct. So you kind of, right? You, you kind of give you give way. Yeah, yeah. But this, uh, the character, it, it was just out of place. I mean, I think it was a good idea. Like the film, the the premise of doing a film like this is to really tell a story that is about this man and maybe his obsessions or his what do you call it um even his demons yeah yeah and and what drives him right to become or to do the things that he does and uh so i can appreciate from that aspect you know that it's trying to tell a lot and maybe dig underneath a little bit like just what we know from history books right 
because he even goes into his relationship with Josephine and how that is kind of strange and it's kind of a power dynamic thing where in the in in that period i don't even know if that was something that people acknowledge but today i think you know very french (laughs) 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 but today it's probably a thing that's a little more front and center what like with people dealing with uh, marriages or relationships or whatever it's like you know who who does what who's responsible for what in 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 the relationship and then how does that show itself to the world all that kind of stuff i thought it was interesting to to try and tell that part of the story uh it's just everything else around it where you know the thing for me was we see like behind closed doors right Mm -hmm. but then when we see him out in the field or out you know in the world you know, all those different diplomatic things that he has to do. Like, I felt like that kind of got short shrift, you know, because that's a big part of how things happened in that period in the Unless world. Unless the point was to show that he was more of a military yeah. geared, military minded versus a diplomatic, you know, way of thinking. Sure. Yeah. Uh, which I I can, I'm assuming that whether it be him or Alexander the Great or Caesar or 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 Patton, mm-hmm. it's win first. <laughs> oh. Worry about later losing. I could see that. Yeah, to and, and maybe that's it. I just didn't pick up on it. Is like if it's to show like oh he's like a dominant he's like a bull in a china shop. Like yeah. there's no delicacy. There's no uh, yeah. diplomacy. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna win. You know, the idea is for me to win and for you to lose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with all that said, I mean, I think the subject matter was to cover was just... It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Uh, I think in comparison, I've since then I've seen uh, one with Rod Steiger and there was another one. And those showed more Napoleon as the military person. Okay. How he went planning his engagements, nothing with uh, very little on on his relationship with Josephine. So it shows him to be more of a dominant hero, you know, go go for it. Where in this one, it was trying to show you too much of an individual. I, I, now that you're saying that, I, I really struggled to think of like when, what other depictions of Napoleon have I seen that, that like I can like instantly recall and i can't think of many me personally and and maybe that's just like that's one of those blind spots for me it was like i oh yeah they've made a bunch of movies about napoleon i just never saw them um i mean the the one that i could think of like right off the top of my head was wasn't he in time bandit i wasn't he wasn't there a version of napoleon in time bandits Yes. Or am I thinking of... No, Time Bandit, there was one in there. Yeah, because they were like jumping all around through history and everything, right? Yeah. It's a comedic, you know, comedy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yes, there was a reference to Napoleon in there. I mean, he's not the main character or anything like that, but I'm I'm really struggling. I'm like, when else have I seen Napoleon in a film? Like, as the main character, right? War and Peace. See, I've never seen it. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's obviously it's from one side only, right? Okay, from the Russian side, yeah. 
uh, and and there's a, a thicker story, a bigger story than that. But yeah, there is a reference to it. So what was the one that you were saying? Because Waterloo is the name of it. It's actually that's one of them. Waterloo. Okay, and Rod Steiger. Yeah, Rod Steiger. Okay, and it is about the the downfall. In other words, his last action. Oh, well, of course, Waterloo. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So and that's what it's about. And Rod Steiger, you know, uh, I guess. Uh, once again, no no accent. Mm, really? Okay. Uh, and if anybody remembers Rod Steiger from uh, In the Heat of the Night, yeah, uh, very dominant, uh, kind of take up the screen. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that would probably be true of the real Napoleon that he walked in the room yeah. and he filled the room. Yeah, heads turn. Yeah, yeah heads yeah. turn. Yeah, okay. Uh, maybe be for your own safety, but... <laughs> Heads turned because yeah. of what he accomplished at the yeah. at the age. Uh, I mean, you can't take away his achievements, yeah. but you also, you know, there's a lot of things about him that you know even now we still don't know. And how accurate are we ever going to know? You'll never that's know. the thing that surprised me a little bit is there's so much written material, whether it's books or or even like in the film they show like the letters that they wrote to each other and how those eventually ended up in other hands. And they were used in the movie to show like their relationship because you have it in writing, right? You know, the, the way they felt about each other. So I, that's where I was like, I didn't know that that, I didn't know that that was a thing like that. Today, of course, right. There's right. so much that is documented about, about everybody in some ways, but especially about, you know, public figures. But back then, I didn't know that that would even be available. You know? Overall, for me, the movie, sitting there watching it, obviously I was already intrigued, just like other movies that came out, like Patton and then, mm -hmm. you know, and so forth. But as I'm going through there, things kind of started to filter in. Mm -hmm. uh, I mentioned that during the movie, when they were charging at the... Uh, the, the very first battle scene mm -hmm. where he's charging and you can hear him breathing. I found out later that they mic'd everybody. So everybody had individual mics. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, that is so great yeah. because you can hear him mm -hmm. breathing hard and his energy, enthusiasm or whatever. Yeah. And you're like, oh, wow, that yeah. really stood out. I, I did see something else about that, like the, staging all of those battle scenes and, and, you know, they shot this movie, if I remember right, like in 60-something days. 62 days. Yeah. So to get it all done so fast, they use so many cameras at once, right? And right. and I, I, from what I understand, that's a lot of how Ridley Scott works on every film. Because, you know, just knock it out. Because we right. shoot it from like eight different angles. So we don't got to reset up and move and, and do all that. And one yeah. of the things I read was about the battle scenes some of the people that were in the middle of the battle scenes were cameramen. Yeah. So when you look yeah. at the wide shot, which has those people somewhere in there, you know, there there's cameramen in the group, in the, the fighting and everything. Right. But then you can cut to that shot right away and, and it's all done at the same time. So I was like, wow, I don't know that I've ever heard of somebody doing that, but it looks like it would be chaos and you don't yeah. want to throw like, you know, a, a, expensive camera or, or you know film equipment into the middle of that you know but i that's how you get it done fast i guess so i mean overall i mean i, I would i see the movie again yeah i would i would like to see the one with the 
that's that's director's the, cut i guess when you think of ridley scott or at least i always think a lot of his films are great some of them are maybe not as great but he's come back to a lot of them several times and blade runner most specifically i think there's like five cuts of blade runner like if you really dig and find them all but like kingdom of heaven the longer version of that i think is a better film um which i haven't seen yet kingdom kingdom of heaven i've seen the original the oh, theater yeah 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 but not not the director's cut oh yeah you, it definitely kind of rounds out some of the stuff with the characters and and why things are happening um what was the other one? There was another one that he did. Well, Alien, there is a, I guess, a special edition. I don't know that really has a lot more footage or whatever, but, um, you know, he's he's gone back a few times to, to kind of add things back into his films. And that's the thing with this one, right? It's like, mm -hmm. supposedly there's like a four hour cut of this movie. And, you know, we've talked about it. It's like, well, if it ever makes its way to Apple TV someday, <laughs> Yeah, let's see the long version. Even if you got to yeah. break it into uh, episodes or chapters or something like that, like I'll, I'll do that. You know, because that is the other thing I caught the sense of is like it seems like it just like hops through time. Yeah, so fast. Yeah, like, especially like in the first it, half of it the film, easily could have been a, a series, a better series. Yeah, than a better movie. Mm -hmm. If it would have been a ten episode. Yeah, that's something that occurred to me. Is like. There's got to be more. It just felt like it, it brushed through so much at the beginning of the film. And I feel like now nah, we missed something. But it is it is a big subject. I'm going back to the first thing. It's yeah. a huge subject yeah. to cover. I mean, you can take JFK's assassination. That is not something you can pinpoint it to right. maybe a week mm -hmm. or maybe a day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the bottom line, and I'm using JFK, is actually the assassination. Right. Everything prior to that. Yeah, and, and I wonder about that, like films about public figures. I mean, one thing if it's like just a regular person and their real story and something extraordinary happened to them, okay. But if it's a public figure that is so visible and so much might be documented about them, well, I mean, I think for most most people, even in that, you know, walk of life, like things don't always connect to each other. Right. Just, just like you, know, you or I, we go through life like this happened five years ago, and then this is going to happen, you know, next year for me. Uh, you know, family, the job, whatever it is, and like those things don't always. There's not always a line you can draw right from one to the next, and that's sometimes the problem with a like a biopic is like, well, this led to that and led to that and caused that. Did it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I could see that. Like that's that could be a tricky thing to to make happen and and tell it right so that it's entertaining also. Right. You know. But um, but that said, right. So that was, I guess, the the thing that turned Napoleon for me. Like it was so much to try and tackle. I think the film looks beautiful. There are moments like the the coronation scene, where it's like every shot in that looked like a classical painting. Correct. You know, where the lighting, the the composition, the the wardrobe, everything. It was like, I feel like I'm here. 
like in what 1812 or whatever the you know time period was and so it's it's hard to look past that and i'm sure it's by design like make this film beautiful at least you know whether you understand the characters or the plot or anything it's like this is one thing you can count on ridley scott is like films are going to look amazing right um and so that's where you know it's not all about like I didn't I didn't like this film or I want to cut it down or anything it's it's just got things that I would have liked to seen better and maybe there there are those pieces that we yeah, haven't seen yet yeah that are not visible <laughs> I mean there were parts of it uh like you were saying when he got said he found the crown yeah and he holds it up well that and and I I don't recall saying it during the movie but I think I said it afterwards where that's from another movie mm. And I went and uh, for the for the love of me, I can't find it, but I know I've seen that particular scene okay. in another movie or something similar, and which it's okay. Yeah, I mean that's fine. But what really threw and like you said, that image was beautiful. You could just freeze it. Mm. You're like, wow, that's pretty good. The lighting, the texture, the tone, that's pretty good. And then he speaks. And that American accent, <laughs> the the accent just wait a minute. That voice, no, the voice just killed it. I I wonder if part of it is um, that because he also takes the character on like in such a deadpan way. Like I feel like you know he he brings a certain energy to it, especially earlier in the film, but later in the film as Napoleon's getting older and seeing more and doing more, he really dials it down. Like it's, it's, I mean, there are scenes where he just moves his eyes. Like he doesn't do much. And then when it comes to like lines and stuff, it it's almost like kind of mumbling, kind of very stiff. They almost sound deliberate. Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. sure it is a deliberate choice, yeah. but it's, it's one of those where I'm like, and then he doesn't even sound French. On top of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it may sound as, from my point of view or from my side, is there's more flaws. I I don't think there's that many. There's just... No. It's so, nitpicking, but... Uh, but some of them are obvious. So that made me think, you know, I, I was talking to somebody the other day and the thought had occurred to me, it's like, well, wait a minute. So Ridley Scott, British, makes a film about a French emperor, basically, starring an American actor and a lot of other English and other European casts. I, I can't think of a name right away, but like a legendary French filmmaker with a legendary French actor or, you know, a highly talented French actor. But who? Well, but that's what I mean. So, of course, the thing is, well, you want to get the film made, right? Right. And you want people to go see it, right? So you put names that people recognize. I got that. Chris Lambert. <laughs> <laughs> but but the thing is, like, you know, I almost, now that I've seen this, I almost want to see that film instead. Because it is, it's not like, oh, this is something that happened in France. Like, this is a French story. Right. You know, it's it's not to say that you can't make a film that's like outside of your, I don't know, uh, nationality or your your background or whatever. It happens all the time. 
But seeing how this one panned out in particular, it just makes me think, okay, there's going to be a French director that's going to say, no, I'm going to make that story right. It, 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 there's room for improvements in it. And of you course, know, yeah. said the, 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 the missing pieces or the four-hour version may solve that problem. Right. And if that's the case, then they should have just... I don't, I, what I was saying, I don't mean to be like, well, really Scott doesn't know anything about this, you know, as a subject matter to make a film about it. Cause I mean, you could, and cause that's the other thing is the other film we're talking about is Ferrari where Michael Mann is from <laughs> Chicago. So does he have any like claim to make a film about a legendary Italian automaker and, and a public figure? Uh, probably by the same logic, probably not. Right. Right. But I mean, I think, the thing with that film is that it is so clearly like a real passion, like the cars, like the, not just the cars, but the man behind the cars, you know, like what well, you, you caught him at, at you didn't catch him trying to go from youth to age. That's you the caught thing. him at, yeah. at, 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 let's say the pinnacle of his life. Right. Now, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give a thumbs up to Adam Driver. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he was spot on. I think he was fantastic. He was very good. And I'll say this: he's not. Uh, I think he's like 40 years old now, 41 maybe yeah. something like that. Yeah, he's not an overly attractive man. Why are you coming but, for this man's look? But <laughs> as an older man, how yeah. he was shown in this movie yeah he's going to be a if it's anything like at the movie he's going to be a very well rounded mature mm-hmm. individual yeah i mean he he really came across the uh his body language his manner i was gonna say yeah yeah the man even had a good looking haircut there <laughs> i mean there, it's it's a real like he cuts a real profile yeah like when you see him on screen you know, a lot of times he's wearing the dark, like the sunglasses. Right. And he's got kind of a similar uh, style or like a suit or whatever. So it, it's, it, those are things you can kind of hide behind a little bit, but I mean, it cuts the right profile. It's like, yeah, right. I, that is that guy. That guy is that guy. You know, he, he, this is where they, whatever, whatever steps were taken to get the right individual, mm-hmm. they, they found the match. Yeah. Because I think he even did, um, I think he even did a good job of conveying like the struggle that the character was having. Because yeah. this story uh, in this movie, yeah, it is really dialed into like one year basically, or like a few months yeah. in his life, and how much things were turning around, like uh, either for good or for bad, right? And to catch this person. Not only in a business situation, um, and like because of the racing, because of making the car, selling the cars, and the company's in trouble or whatever, but also like his relationships, right? Yeah, <laughs> Multiple. His, wife, <laughs> um, uh, his uh, loss of his son. Yeah, yeah, and his younger son. Younger that, son. You know, how does he, how does he integrate that or, or claim that as part of his life? Like all of those things, I felt like you could see that going in in 
in his eyes, in his performance of like, yeah, this guy's got a lot to deal with. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he handled it beautifully. Well, I think it's one of those things, like, it, it's funny we're talking about these two films because it made me also think about a lot of other more recent, like biopics and that kind of thing. And I guess part of the thing, the challenge with this kind of a story is you want to try and encapsulate all the things that led this person to do what they did with their life, with their business or whatever. But you have to, especially in this one, because it's so compressed, like with the time, mm-hmm. you have to find a way to make history a part of right now. You know, things that happened in the past, like the, you know, he lost his son. Right. And it doesn't happen in the film. It happens before the film happens. But you see that it's it's still wearing on him and it, and it hurts and and with his his wife you know his son's mother so that's the the kind of stuff that if you find ways to edge that in there and to make it part of the character even though it doesn't happen right it happens right. before we even start the movie but that's storytelling but that's what i mean right that's that's wonderful storytelling like that's why i i think this film even though it's very similar in some ways to napoleon like just in the broad sense I think it works better because it is so much, it's dialed in so narrowly into this specific moment because you get the same thing. You get him struggling with his relationship. You get the triumphs, you know, you get the losses right? and you get all the setbacks and all that. But I think by not trying to tackle so much all at once, like biting off way too much, you, you can let all this stuff cook. And like what two two and a half hours whatever it is right and it feels natural it doesn't feel like you're just jamming everything in here right. all the events that we can get in here uh, that's i mean truthfully that's aside from the character's portrayal yeah that's the biggest difference in there yeah one's too much and the yeah. other one's the other one keeps you entertained it keeps you locked in yeah you know because you don't have to concentrate right because if i went into it uh, with napoleon went into it like okay he's fought these 60 some odd battles he's only lost once i'm like oh my god how are they going to get all 60 battles in there right so okay so which ones are the most well known mm-hmm. you know so of course obviously waterloo yeah you figure to see that in there sure Right. And then some other ones, but was now on the other hand with Ferrari, just the name, Solano, the yeah. cars. And then I found in the at the in the end, I found that to be more intriguing, more interesting, because my expectation was not met over here. Mm. Where this one I had no expectation. Yeah. And and I'm not a car person. I'm not, you know, it's a car. Yeah. But some folks I mean, it's like naming, you know, the well, car. I'm I'm not big into necessarily European automakers or whatever, but uh, I do know that Ferrari is a very special kind of brand. Uh, uh, I mean, not just because of the, the quality of the, the cars and all that, but they're very protective, right? So, like, you buy a Ferrari, there are, there's going to be documentation that you cannot do certain things with this car. Right. Like you can't modify it in certain ways. You can't use it and you know, drive it in certain ways because they don't want their cars being seen or being perceived as like, you know, oh, you put a giant wing on this thing or you put like, <laughs> you know, 
22 inch wheels. No, you don't do that with these cars. No boom boxes. Yeah. So it's, it's very, it's a very particular brand. And I guess the people who are fans of the brand or the cars, uh, collect the cars or whatever, um, they understand that. Like there's a different, there's a different kind of passion to it, you know, mm -hmm. versus being, I don't think. Yeah. Maybe like a, a Mustang owner or, you know, like me, a Dodge owner or, um, or, or even like a, um, a Mercedes owner, you right. know, it's a different type of. Well, there's a different appeal. Yeah. For one. Right. Vi visually. Yeah. Also, I mean, you get in a car, how it handles, how it feels, how it navigates. Yeah. I mean, so there's, every car is different. Well, that's an interesting thing that I saw in the movie that I didn't really know is that the cars that they sold, or at least at that point in time, not not necessarily today, but the cars that they sold then were former race cars. So like they were on the track. Remember the the mm -hmm. one like the the prince or the the king or whatever that comes right. to buy his car or pick up his car and it's like right off the track. It's all wet and everything and dirty. I'm like okay, clean it up because he's here to pick up his car. And that's one of those things. Like oh, so they're not made for consumers. They're made for racing. But but the idea is like oh, that's right. It is a different kind of car. Like this right. is actually a race car where you know we'll put. A license plate on it <laughs> but it, it's really meant for the track <laughs> right um so i you know i think that speaks to the type of people that would be interested in that car but also speaks to the type of person that would make those kinds of cars like their goal is not to sell millions of units every year or thousands of units even the goal is to win races yeah and if that one benefits the other, great. If not, I mean, that's where we find the beginning yeah. of the film where they're in trouble because yeah, financially. Yeah. Um, so I, that wasn't a, a thing I really understood about Ferrari, like just as a, as a brand and certainly not like why, like the, but even in the movie Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah. I mean, there's parts of it in there. I mean, you know, that's name, right. Yeah. You know, there's parts where, the 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 two men you know obviously Henry Ford yeah second or, and then of course Ferrari himself that's interesting yeah because that movie is set like I think ten years later right like the late sixties something like that yeah and you go into the film or the characters even they they express like okay we got to beat Ferrari okay you're talking about doing the impossible so even just you know ten years after this film is set. Ferrari is now taking it to the next level where they are unbeatable and Ford is going to try and do the impossible by trying to beat Ferrari. And that's a big turn, you know, Yeah. but that, I, I guess that speaks to the dedication to building the best cars or the fastest or whatever, most powerful, you know? Um, I, I thought this was an interesting way to look at it because it wasn't focused on the cars. I, no, there, there's, there's racing in it and there are scenes where they're talking about building the cars or how to improve the cars, that kind of thing. But it's not for, you know, it's not at the forefront. It really yeah, is about it's all secondary. Yeah. Or even further back. And because the only other brand they mentioned aside from Ford, I think was Maserati. Maserati. Yeah. That was as far as I know that I, that I can recall. And that was like the kind of rival yeah. of the time, right? Yeah. And Ophia did call. That's right. Yeah. Ophia did call. They, <laughs> they, made, they made a bid. Yeah. And they got turned down. In their little car. Yeah. I did like that scene that says, when I asked you once before, you said no. 
Like, when was that? 1917. Right. <laughs> I was 19 years old. Something to that effect. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was okay. I, it's I, like, hey, you you gave me your answer. I'm yeah, sticking with it. Yeah. So it's, and you can tell that tells you something about the man. He was. Exactly. That's what I mean, right? He, he's determined. Now. Yeah. He's not going to take no for an answer and he'll find a way to make it work. Yeah. yeah. that that's a, That's a little thing of like, you're telling me a lot about the man by just, you know, kind of a amusing moment, yeah. but it, it says a lot, you know, now not knowing necessarily how the film ended, I didn't even realize like it was going to end in with the event that it did, like the big race at the end, which it makes sense. Like you want to end on a big, you know, moment of triumph, mm-hmm. but the way the film ends, it is, it's, I mean, we sat there in the theater and it was, I don't know, maybe half a dozen other people in the theater with us. I, I didn't even count. But I just felt like all the air went out of the room. Oh, yeah. In that last race when, I, let's just say, yeah, it's, just, gas for air. it's just a horrific event that happens. And, you know, if you haven't seen the movie or if you don't know the history, um, it will take your breath away. And... You know, I because I really thought, oh, we're leading up to the big win. Yeah, who's going to win between the Ferrari drivers? Yeah, because it's like, well, okay, Ferrari wins either way, but like, which guy? You know, who's going to get the other? You know, kind of edge the other guy out. Well, the way it ends, it just totally it floored me. Oh yeah, and it's one of those things that I'm curious to see, like even the first accident. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. The first one. You know, and that's the thing. So. And I, I got to say this because it's, it's something that with both of these filmmakers, Ridley Scott and Michael Mann, and and maybe more specifically with Ferrari, because it paints such a authentic and and like honestly kind of a romantic picture of this man and the the place like Italy, like you. It's filmed in Italy. You see the. Cobblestone streets. Yeah, uh, you you see the the landscape. You know when they're out on the roads and stuff, and it's like this just looks like a love letter to this brand and this man, and it can kind of lull you into like a false security of like, oh, this is going to be a good uh, like a a a safe like a secure feel. Yeah, yeah. He's got his troubles, whatever. Mm -hmm. But when those moments come. And I, I, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. This is the guy that made Heat with the massive shootout in downtown Los Angeles. This is the guy that made Collateral, where Tom Cruise ran around the city killing people. Oh, that's right. Okay. So when those moments come with these crashes and these horrific things that happen, you're like, oh, you, okay, all right, you you tricked me. It's Michael Mann. But I remember now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the same thing with Ridley Scott, like some of the moments in those battle scenes in Napoleon, even just some of the things that, you know, go on with him personally. It's like, that's right. It's Ridley Scott. He doesn't pull punches. Like (laughs) you can pick any, most of his movies. Yeah. There's something there. I mean, all the way. Both both of them. Yeah. 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 All the way. I mean, these guys, both of their earlier movies, like Alien or or Blade Runner, they, they can be violent. They can be disturbing. Uh, or Michael Mann, you know, his first film, Heat, which I'm not Heat, uh, Thief, which is, um, I don't remember it being overly violent or anything, but it's it's taken a real like gritty look at like the criminal mind, you know? And I was like, okay, 
Yeah, you you got me, man. Because I I wasn't ready for that last. <laughs> it, it just it stunned me into silence because I'm like I don't. You know, if you've ever seen like video or race footage where you know somebody goes into a wall or wipes out or whatever it can look pretty rough pretty intense and the way it's depicted in this film though because it's even worse than like a race a a crash at a racetrack i mean it involves like pedestrians or bystanders or whatever and it's slowed down just enough like it's not it doesn't happen quite in like real time it happens it slows down just enough where you can see what is happening <laughs> or about that happens. yeah and it's one of those that's just like, but man. even after that even yeah. when you see the the, the wreckage yeah the, the aftermath you're like oh you, you kind of you feel for everybody it's one of those things that it actually it, it did kind of stick with me for a couple of days yeah like i one because you know i thought about it it's like I guess in another film or in most other films, like you would see the car because what it like hits something in the road, right? Like the little right. mark, markers in the, yeah. in the center. Yeah. One of them was broken. It hits one of those, the tire blows out and then the car kind of loses control. And in another film you would see, well, you see the driver maybe lose control and then you cut to the people standing, you know, nearby and then you cut to the car like zagging in a wrong direction, and then you cut to afterwards. Well, like this in this film, no, no, no. The camera follows the car, and you see everything that happens, and it looks it looks legit. It's one of those moments where I'm like, man, how many people got hurt making this one shot? How many people got hurt in real life? Well, I, yeah, but but I'm like, just to make it for a film, like somebody yeah. must have got hurt when they filmed this <laughs> because it looks real. And that's that's the power of it, you know, because you're you're on the ride for the whole thing. And then to just like pull the rug out from under you. Um, and it, and it, it's not like it's just to shock you. It does show you afterwards, like you said, yeah. all the the what do you call it? The shockwaves of that, whether it's Ferrari himself and having to deal with like the responsibility or the guilt of it. Um, and then like the company, like is the company at fault for, you know, all this that happened? And and he was going to win the biggest race. Yeah, to to get him back in the in the in the race. Right, right. And now he was potentially could have lost it. So all. it's one of those things. Is it's totally just like it's a sideswipe. Mm -hmm. No pun, I guess. But um, but on the flip side of that, yeah, it shows you a, a softer side of him. Yeah, where at the end, how the actual movie ended. Mm -hmm. It's just uh, I don't want to exact wording. It's just. I want to introduce you to your brother. Mm -hmm. He would have loved you. He would have taken you everywhere. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I'm like, you, you see the man struggling. I mean, you see all this, everything prior to that, you, you see all his faults mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. of course, his drive mm -hmm. for perfection or mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you see this horrible accident yeah. mm -hmm. that could ruin him. And you're like, how's he going to recover from this? Yeah. Well, he did. Yeah. But then you see a softer side of it, mm -hmm. taking his now his four or five year old son. That you was you. So you see a gentler side of a man in that in a world that can be extremely cruel. Yeah, and in a time in, yeah. where you know 
you probably didn't acknowledge right. things like that. You know, there, there's a, there's a couple moments in the film. I think it's the first time he goes to the, I, I wouldn't say grave, but, um, cemetery, but it's like in a, in a, like a mausoleum in type mausoleum, of thing, right. Yeah. Um, where he goes there. And if I remember right, like he, he breaks down. Yeah. But it's only because I mean, he's behind closed doors Yeah, and nobody's there to see it, you know? And you know, whether that's accurate or not, but I, I think it, it speaks to that time of like, I don't wear this on my sleeve necessarily, but I have my moments when it is impossible to, to handle this. Right. Yeah. And you know, I, I've, I've dealt with that myself. Um, I'm sure a lot of people have, um, to deal with loss or, uh, grief, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it was interesting to see that on film from, uh, like a someone who's supposed to be like an iconic personality and figure it's like yeah everybody's got those moments those those moments where it seems like nothing works or nothing's working right right and, and they can feel the weight of it yeah and then you in contrast you can take like uh Patton. yeah you never saw that you uh, joe tree oh. scott yeah i mean it was all all business. All business, straightforward. <laughs> and even when he slapped the soldier, it was all yeah. uniform, being in place, his, his march to the balcony. Yeah. I mean, his opening speech yeah. of the movie. Oh, I yeah. mean, you know, just like defiant. Well, I, you, you know, it's, I mean, you, ne you never saw the flaw in him. Other, no, no, other than the ambition. No, you're right. Um, I think the the thing that that film did, and you know, it's kind of related here, I guess. But it's like it sh it still showed that he had heart, that he had w a certain kind of warmth. <laughs> I wouldn't say a complete warmth, but you know, like he cared. Yeah. Now, now, whether he cared about just killing everybody that was on the opposing side, I mean, maybe that's one way, but. He did care about like his legacy and he did care about honor, right? And yes. those kind of, those are a little higher minded things, but like that's part of it. Now in the film, they don't show him like breaking down or kind of losing himself. But, you know, that could just be, it just wasn't, it wasn't a thing you would put in a film in, was it 1970, something like that when that came out? But I, you know, like if they made that film today, Maybe there would be a scene like that in there where he kind of you know falls apart to himself in private, you know. I don't know. But But it's it's how you want to portray him. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 obviously I'm picking two extremes here. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, Patton being the extreme, but in this particular movie, uh, Ferrari, I mean, he, he you saw lots of sides of the man yeah. who yeah. was competitive. Mm -hmm. And when he was sitting down with his son and showing him about the engine, if it, yeah. if I do this, I do that, right. or I trimmed it a little bit, smoothed it out. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, for somebody like me, I would like, wow, here's a man that can actually sit down at a drawing board. Yeah, that's the thing, and 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 knows can go to an engineer and know they know apples to apples and yeah. not apples to grapes or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and I'm like. Wow, if that was if that is really the case of the man, yeah. you can see why he was 
as successful because he knew what he was talking about. That's the thing, right? I think that's important, like to show, especially with this kind of a story, even Napoleon in a way, it's like he wasn't just a personality. He knew his stuff. Yeah. Whether it was combat or strategy or racing or strategy and racing right. or like the mechanics or the physics of a car, you know? So all in all, I mean, I thought these were both, I thought these were both good films. I thought Ferrari was a much better film. I would say it was the better film. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I as mean, far as storytelling. Yeah. 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 I mean, some of the, yeah, I mean, how nitpicky do we want to be? I like definitely love some of the scenes in Napoleon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I sure. mean, even some, even some of the battle scenes. Yeah. I mean, like, wow, that's that's great. Yeah. You know, my eyes are. I'm like, I'm like a kid. I'm like, oh my god, give me a horse, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> and a sword. But you know, you, I think still better storytelling as far as Ferrari. It just feels tighter. It feels yeah. cleaner. It feels like a good, like a good song, you know, mm -hmm, for me. Mm -hmm. It's like a, a good song, uh, and I'll put it this way. It's like a good song that I want to, I could dance over and over and over again with my wife. Mm -hmm, I mean, it just feels mm -hmm. like a good song. Yeah. To me. It, it, it flows in a real organic way. Yeah. It's like, and, I don't and, feel like anything got left out. And to you, I don't even know, was there a musical score to this thing? Yeah, I was about to say that when you said song, because I'm like, usually there's like at least one song in Michael Mann films, like something that mm -hmm. of the time or of the right mood or something. But I don't remember a single. <laughs> I don't even remember hearing that note. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't even remember music. Yeah. I'm not sure there was. But I, I think that speaks to the film, like how powerful it, or how effective it is that you don't almost need it, you know? Yeah. But I don't know. I, I thought it was a good film. I, I'm actually I would want to see that one again. Well, maybe except for the last part. Yeah, I would see it again easily. And yeah. Napoleon, I'm going to wait for the four hour. I, yeah, I would watch it if it were uh, more, like yeah. a, a more rounded out, uh, filled out version of the of that story. But I don't know. We'll see if that ever materializes. Um, I'm I'm still keeping an eye on Apple TV, and they haven't showed a date to 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 when it'll be available. So. Yeah. Now I think as far as Napoleon, I think the, the 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 one thing for sure, if it was me and I had to redo, yeah, it would be Joaquin Phoenix would not be in it. <laughs> it, it just <laughs> come on, Johnny. Yeah. You know, you. I love them in that Johnny Cash movie. I think you should have got an oh, yeah. Oscar for that. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I just finished watching one where he's uh no one will know you're you were ever here and he's haven't seen it. it's it's it it deals with uh missing uh trafficking oh yeah 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 okay you know, he goes around and yeah killing people the uh, first film that i did on this on film street was joaquin phoenix um don't worry he won't get far on foot which he plays a real life it is another biopic. He plays an artist who, if I remember right, uh, he gets into an accident. He goes out drinking with a friend or not even a friend, just another guy. They were hanging out, gets into an auto accident. The guy survives the accident um, and kind of he doesn't see him again, but he ends up paralyzed. And so he just goes hard into his artwork 
like as a way to kind of, I mean, going through recovery because he was also, you know, he was a raging alcoholic. He goes into art, uses that to kind of work through some of that. And it's about him, you know, the, the, the recovery process of, uh, kind of getting clean and also discovering like some things about himself. And it's a really interesting movie. Um, it's it's not quite a comedy. It has a lot of comedy in it, but it's it's got some pretty uh, serious subject matter in it. Mm-hmm. But it, it occurred to me as like, because I thought about that the other day. I said, oh, you know what? Actually, the first film I did here it was one of his films, and and it, uh, Johnny Cash, uh, the Joker, and it's like he's gone like all different places, mm-hmm. like in terms of things that he's played. So I almost felt like this should have been like a home run. Like this should like. Do what it think, you know, but I, whatever the choices were or the reasons for the choices, I it's just one that it took me out of it so much. And and look, even if we back up a little bit, like House of Gucci, right, came out two years ago now, something like that. Ridley Scott, another Ridley Scott film, Adam Driver in it, playing an Italian again. Right. Uh, And like one of the members of the Gucci family. And I'm like, okay, well, I I asked for a Ridley Scott film where they use the correct accents and I got House of Gucci, I guess. Like, (laughs) and that didn't turn out to be so great. Yeah. That was a messy film and it it kind of, uh, I don't know, kind of made me wish I didn't ask for that, you know. (laughs) But I, I feel like in Ferrari, at least, they really, they, it was a subtle way. I mean, because Penelope Cruz, not Italian, plays a distinctly Italian character, I think. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, I mean, just a firebrand. Just like, I, you do not want to mess with her. Yeah. And and so I, I think the idea was, it felt more authentic. It felt more like. Yeah. I, you know, you know, when we got out, one of the first things I said, they, they did it wrong. But. <laughs> It's uh, it was not a good look, but I think that but was, it was a very effective portrayal. Yeah, I think for the, the role that was a part of it, you know, or yeah. at least that's the way I saw it. Like her walk, she walked like an old woman. She you know, she carried herself in a certain way. She yeah, spoke no in nonsense. Way. Yeah, and it's like okay, that I know that's not Penelope Cruz. Like <laughs> that's she's not showing up to play herself. Like that it must be how that woman really was. But, but you, but you know, and it's only because you see him so debonair. Yeah, yeah. You know, clean shaven. Uh-huh. You know, when he got his hair cut every week. Yeah. Thursdays at three o'clock. <laughs> I mean, beautiful tie. You know, silk tie. I mean, shoes. Yeah. And then you look at his wife. You go, oh, yeah. What happened here? <laughs> but I, I think that speaks to it, right? Is yeah. like she yeah. handled the death the of their side. son. Yeah. Differently. differently. Yeah. And in, in a much harder way, you know. Oh yeah, she she dealt with it harsh, yeah. or he or he came he, across as I moved on, or he put it into his work. You yeah, know? he put it into his work, um, and it, he he was more concerned about the beauty of the car, right, than he was about the beauty of his wife. Yeah, because he can't sell his wife, <laughs> but he can sell the car. <laughs> she can't run that fast. <laughs> she can't go that fast. She cannot run the Maserati. <laughs> no, no, no. But she gave him hell. That's for sure. <laughs> She missed him by about four inches. That's all I know. 
<laughs> I want my gun back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and you, you, we've seen enough movies uh, where actor or actresses they gain weight, lose weight, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. But I went like, oh my god, what they do to her? Because I was expecting. Mm-hmm attractive mature mm-hmm. woman you know maybe some silver hair mm-hmm. yeah but uh but i think she played the role well yeah that's in, the in thing. hindsight i'm yeah. like oh man you you couldn't put nobody else in there Mm-mm. Mm-mm. you know well, with these two characters you cannot replace them yeah with other oh we're gonna reshoot it with russell crowe no it's, that ain't gonna happen it's, it's weird to say like i think they had great chemistry together in the scenes they had together for a couple that is like on the outs, like a, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like you wouldn't think that means great chemistry or even any chemistry, but they matched each other, mm-hmm. like in intensity and in the fire that they brought, you know. And yes, even certainly. when the the moments when they have to like have a conversation, not like you know just shooting shots at each other, like you can tell, like yeah, there was a there was a past there, yeah. Like there was a time when these two liked being around each other. <laughs> it was passionate. Yeah. Because you could see the how it's not passionate now. Right. I mean right. you could tell that if when that day whenever that was, it must have been very passionate. Yeah. But so. I think she she like I said, my first reaction was terrible. I'm sorry, Penelope Cruz. But uh Yeah, no, I heard you. <laughs> I was sitting right there. I heard you go like, oh my god. <laughs> After watching the film, I really tried to think, like, what did I, what stuck out? Like the whole, you know, with Napoleon, like, oh, they didn't do accents. Uh, So what in a Ferrari was like, man, they should have done this instead. And I can't really think of anything. I can't, I can't think of anything because I I didn't have an expectation. I was, I went in there very open-minded. Yeah. And once again, like the first one we did, I want to be entertained. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do I like it? Yeah. And will I see it again? Yeah. And and then uh, and these three, all three, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I um I, the only expectation I went in with was this is a Michael Mann film, right? Yeah. Like, and you know, I base it off of films he's done in the past, and they're not all necessarily a certain type of film. You know, he's done crime dramas, and he's done historical epics. You know, Last of the Mohicans. But yeah, but what I the the thing I always take away from his films, I mean, everyone I can think of at least is, it's always about a single person, usually a man, but their drive, like to stay on target, like to get the job done, whether it's a crime or a race or you know fighting off the the English or you know whatever mm-hmm. it is, it's like you can just watch this one character go through this journey and things are real, right? Like things that are happening on screen are real and they feel like, like authentic. Like uh, you could actually just stand there and watch this real event happen versus, you know, there's no like CGI. There's not a lot of explosions. I feel like, I mean, (laughs) I'm, I'm trying to think, I mean, maybe heat is probably the most action packed or collateral, I guess. Yeah, yeah, but there's an explosion. A lot of stuff with cars, though. <laughs> yeah, a lot of those films have things going on with cars, which maybe that's the the through line. Um, 
Uh, that was the only expectation I went in. I did, I didn't. I don't have a real fascination with the brand, the Ferrari brand, or any of the history of it or anything. Even racing, like I don't. I didn't know about this race that's in the film, this yeah. thousand mile race or whatever it is. I, I had no familiarity with that. So it was really just like, I'm just going to trust that this person who makes these films that I liked before, going to like this one. You know, for me, I, I guess I, I, my approach is obviously different. I I could, if you name a movie, I know I, with the exception of the actor, maybe one or two, mm-hmm. possibly three. Yeah. But I couldn't tell you who the director is. Okay. I, I've I've never... Because I, I'm going to, I walk it with three basic things. Mm-hmm. Am I going to be entertained, et cetera, and so forth. Mm-hmm. And it, it, nothing else to me really matters except what I see okay. or hear. Uh, whoever made it, whether it be Scott or anybody else. Yeah, after a while, that list grows and you become familiar with it. But for me, it's just, just the movie, just... I mean, I mean, you. I don't. It, I don't put money on the director, even though some of them are consistently good movies. Yeah, that, that's the that's the risk you run. Yeah, when because like Ridley Scott, like I don't like all his movies. I didn't like House of Gucci as most recently, but I over the years there's some of his films. I'm like, nah, I I have no interest in that. That doesn't mean the ones I do like, I like less. Right. But it makes it a harder gamble next time I go to the theater. It's like, oh. Okay, it's really got to be about the story, right? Right. Like, is this something I'm going to have fun with or be entertained by or whatever? Like Napoleon. Like, I had interest in that as a subject matter. The fact that it was also Ridley Scott, I'm like, okay, well, that sounds like a no-brainer. If it would have been somebody else making the movie, I might have still gone to see it, you know? But with with filmmakers who don't make as many movies, like Steven Spielberg, he makes so many movies too, and... I mean, you could you could take or leave some of the stuff that he makes. Oh yeah, because it's it's all over the place. You can make Jurassic Park, or you can make Schindler's List, War of the Worlds. You can make Indiana Jones. You can make um, what's the last thing he just made? The Fablemans, the movie about himself when he was a kid, right? A, a kind of a biopic of himself yeah. in a way. So it's like. It, it could be a real up and down kind of roller coaster of like ah, I can't. I don't know if I'm going to like his next film. So I understand that. Like you don't necessarily want to go by the filmmaker only. Um, But to me, it's interesting to draw the line between them. If there is one, that's why I said, Michael Mann is like, I feel like all his films have a same, there's a a similarity throughout all of them. If you look close enough and, but he doesn't make a lot of films. I mean, compared to some, compared to other filmmakers that are 80 years old, he hasn't made as many. Wow. No. I mean, well, because he also, he did a lot of TV work, especially in the 80s with Miami Vice and, and that era. So, you know, more of his films happened around like the early 2000s, like Collateral, Miami Vice, Public Enemies. See, now I'm just being a nerd. But, <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm saying is like, it it's strange to me that you can have these filmmakers that are, up in their years, I guess. I mean, I don't know if another way to put it, a nicer way to put it, but they're still doing such different kinds of work. Whether it's really Scott, 84, 85. Michael Mann, I think he's 80. 
or even Martin Scorsese, Killers yeah. of the Flower Moon. Um, Clint Eastwood's still working. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> He's in his 90s now. Yeah. and But they're still being creative. I can see that part. If you're passionate enough about it, you care enough about it, and if you don't have to retire or stop, you know, yeah. why would you, right? Right. I mean, I'm sure none of those guys are hurting for money, you know, because they're, they're doing a job for a check. I mean, I think that at this point, they're probably doing it because they care. It's yeah. something they, they like to do and still able to do. Yeah. They, they, want, they feel productive. Yeah. A sense of value. Right. These people are thinkers beyond they're creative and the director yeah. and these guys that make movies they still have a passion yeah yeah and that's and i i me personally it's it's good to see yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. it may not translate in the, sure on the screen right but it's good to see because you know the young you know when i was a young person I, you know, I'm like, ah, oh, these old people. Well, now I'm an old person. <laughs> now, now I'm that old person. Yeah. And I still feel that, that I have something to offer. Yeah. You know. And, well, of course, yeah. And, and you know, and I can see them doing it. And, I, of course, I'm never going to be at their level. But yet, it doesn't mean I can't offer something to my children, my grandchildren, my yeah. neighbors, you know, of course. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So it, I can see that, you know, yeah. and I applaud them for it. But just make a better movie. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, every swing can be a home run, <laughs> yeah. but you know, it it is good to see them actually land and actually make really remarkable work. You know, just just from a, like a creative standpoint, right. it, it could be whatever the story is or whatever. But like, if it's solid, you know what I mean. Yeah. If it's well done. Maybe it don't interest me or I nitpick it too much or whatever, but uh, that's that's a big part of why I do this. And I think why we talk about it so much, uh, even not in front of a microphone, but it's like, it's just cool to see people doing interesting work mm-hmm. and expressing themselves, telling interesting stories, it just being entertaining, you know, even if it's just a silly comedy, you know, like there's nothing deep about something like Friday. Right? Like, it's just a movie that's just fun to just put on and watch. Oh, you know it. <laughs> I mean, maybe there is something way down under the surface, but, I mean, come on. We know what it's about. It's just about hanging out with your homies. <clears throat> and so, like, if that's all it is, that's all it has to be. Yeah. If you enjoy it, you enjoy it. Yeah, you, you, you makes your day, makes you laugh, <laughs> takes the burden away. Right. And then, you know, just pass it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, pass it around. You know, it's but it's it. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's every movie has its own value. Yeah, you yeah. know, you can get out of anything you want to, but every movie has its own value. Subject matter, you know, there's some subject matters that I'm not too crazy about, and yeah. uh, I have a tendency not to watch. Mm-hmm. But horror movies, not your thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I just there's you know. Human trafficking, child. Yeah, is, yeah. Uh, I mean, I know it's there. I know it exists, et cetera, et cetera, et yeah, cetera. Yeah. But I don't need to see it. Yeah, I, it's, I, I hear enough about it on on the news, and it's it's hard sometimes to really. It's hard to find the entertainment in it. That's that's where I found like all the films that I've watched, and, and you know, like I said, it's been over a year since we did one of these together, but. You know, I, I counted recently, last year, 2023, I watched 180 films. 
wow. doing this. And it was, it was something where I looked back on it a little bit. I was like, there's some films that I really enjoyed and I wanted to watch again. And that I will probably, you know, that will kind of stick with me. But there's others that I watched that because I was trying to like, oh, let me watch films all about this thing or by this director or whatever it is. And there's some stuff where I'm just like, I'm good. I saw it once. I don't need to see it again. But yeah. because not just because it might have been bad or something, but it was too much. Yeah. Or it's just something that's really touchy, you know? Yeah, it's it's it's. And, I I I don't I don't need to feel bad. I want to feel good. Well, I yeah, yeah I, mean, I can yeah. see that. I, I mean, mean, I I want to see a movie, and I don't want to go. Damn. Well, part of it is if you're looking for something to identify with, you know, like I can see the value in it. It's like if I'm going through a hard time, but watching that makes me feel better about myself. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? Versus um, just like like just trying to make me laugh but like show me the something that's worse than i'm doing and maybe i'll feel better you know <laughs> i i can see the the math there I, it doesn't always work for me but um but yeah the the idea of like really looking at films and and trying to understand like why people tell the stories they do why they make the movies they do is it's interesting to me and that's why that's why i do this is kind of get that across it's like not every film works for everybody. Yeah. You know, it, it is interesting to see like uh, different takes on, on subject matter or types of storytelling techniques or whatever. And, and how those things change over time. Even if, if they would have made some movies in the past now, they'd be different. They just, oh, wouldn't, yeah. you know, like if they would have made this Napoleon 20 years ago, it wouldn't be like this. No. Nah. I mean, you could have yeah. had Kevin Costner playing Napoleon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't go for it with the Midwest accent, but yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I think that was, um, that was a well. We went way long on time, but that's all right. Um, I think that was a, a good way to see some movies, talk about them like this, or or not, or just you know, we don't need microphones, but still. Yeah, well, but we do it regardless. That's what that's what I say every time. It's like I'm going to do this anyway, so might yeah. as well record it. And if you're listening, share it with you. So. Um, anyway, that's, uh, I think that's, that's all I got to say. I think about these. That's it. I think we pretty much gave it a plus <laughs> and a minus somewhere <laughs> an equal sign. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, it was good to talk. It's good to hang out. All right. So I'm going to go, I, I, I tell you what, I'm going to go watch something new. How about you? Uh, I'm going to go watch the Texans play uh, or somebody. <laughs> I don't know. Somebody. Football. Gonna, yeah. I'm going to watch something tonight. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe after the game, I might well stay up. I don't have to get up in the morning. Okay. <laughs> All right, then. So we're out of here. Later. Later.